Vanuit de hoofdstad van Limburg is dit RTV Maastricht. Met de ster van de stad altijd dichtbij. RTV Maastricht. Nou doe je jas uit en warm maar eerst je handen. Want koude jatten aan mijn lijf, daar ril ik van. Het lijkt wel winter, ik heb de kachel laten branden. Die regen, hè, daar vind ik ook niks aan. Zeg, wees eens lief, wil je niet even langer blijven? Dan leg je de gewone meier bij. Wees maar gerust, ik ben niet als die wijven. Die veel beloven en niks doen, dat niet voor mij. Ik doe wat ik doe. En vraag niet waarom. Ik doe wat ik doe. En misschien is dat dom. Maar ik vraag toch ook niet aan jou waarom jij het hier doet en niet bij je vrouw. Ach kom nou, we doen wat we doen. Ik heb moeder laatst een reiskadeau gegeven. Anders had ze haar eigen zuster nooit gezien. Die tien jaar terug naar Canada ging voor het leven. Ik mag die ziel nou eenmaal graag gelukkig zien. En met mijn zusie ben ik kleren wezen kopen. Ze is pas twaalf, die kleine meid. Ik hoop niet dat zij, net zoals ik, erin zal lopen. Want kerels, dat is niks als rottigheid. Ik doe wat ik doe. En vraag niet waarom, ik doe wat ik doe, en misschien is dat dom. Maar ik vraag toch ook niet aan jou, waarom jij het hier doet en niet bij je vrouw. Ach kom nou, we doen wat we doen. Nee, het is niet druk. Je bent vandaag de tweede, ach het einde van de maand, hè? altijd stil. Nou ja, ik ben vandaag alweer tevreden, vooral wanneer je nog wat extra's wil. Wat doen we? Op ze Frans of plaatjes kijken, toe wees je stof. Of heb je al niets meer? Nou ja, vooruit, wat kan het me ook schelen? Toe, kom maar hier en geniet maar eens een keer. Wat ik doe en vraag niet waarom. Ik doe wat ik doe en misschien is dat dom. Maar ik vraag Hello everyone, this is Astrid Nye singing Ik doe wat ik doe and you are listening to Student Radio Maastricht. Uh, yes, and today we are talking with, we have a few very special guests because our topic for today is sex work in general. Um, And so our guests today, we have Diana, uh, what's, her, what's her full name? Diana Caballero Brito and Logan Moore, um, two sex workers who are currently li- living in Maastricht. And we also have Sachet on tech. Thank you, Sachet, for handling everything. Um, and so sex work, it's a pretty uh, contentious issue nowadays, I think. Um, there's a lot of stigma attached to it, but a lot of people don't really understand really what it is and what it can be. Um, so what do you think? of when you say sex work, Diana, for example. What do you think of as the definition of sex work? 
the thing is that, of course, when we listen it, we think to, like, you know, these really pragmatic physical interaction. Like, you know, it's prostitution, it's sex. Like, maybe you would think of a stripper, but of course, like, this is bigger because that means everything that is made distance, everything, like, you know, we have calls, like, everything that at the end is, yeah, providing this erotic service or this interaction in some way. Yeah, what about you, then? Um, yeah, what what she said basically. Uh, but the other side of sex work is also like the sex modeling, so the nudes, adverts, um, videos. That's the part I'm doing. And then you have also sex shows as well. So there's a lot of things. Basically, when you have sex and you get paid, it's sex work. So that's the easiest way to say it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in preparing for this episode, I looked up I looked up on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia defines it as the exchange of sexual services, performances, or products for material compensation. It includes activities of direct physical contact between buyers and sellers, as well as indirect sexual stimulation. And so that's a very, very broad thing. And I think you touch on a lot because it includes webcam modeling, exactly. dominatrix, phone sex, me i even consider like if you if you're the kind of person that would that send that sells like soiled underwear to someone i consider that also a form of sex work yeah of course yeah exactly yeah. um so uh so you mentioned that you make videos what other what other kind of things do you do in sex work like what, what experiences have you had uh, for me it's basically all, all around movies and shows so that's only the, my part what i do cool and diana what what is your part what part have you played in this part is everything that it's photography. Like is the line between art nude and like going through fetish and you know, these weird universe that maybe you don't even know you're watching porn because it's just balloons. You know what, <laughs> surprise, it's porn for someone and here we are doing it. <laughs> nice. Um, and there's one important point that we will touch on later but about the legality of sex work, but I've noticed that a lot of the laws around sex work are focused on limiting sex trafficking. But And so because of those laws, people often conflate sex work with sex trafficking. And those, of course, are two very, 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 very different things, right? Uh, how have you? Can you say more about how maybe how, how you've been affected by some of these laws? I mean, for example, like as I'm correct, like here in the Netherlands is pretty ridiculous, like because like here, like it's legal for so long time, like prostitution, like just speaking basically of that. But like it's a period less than 10 years that actually a prostitute can open a uh, bank account in ING, for example. So like for me, because I'm all the time working as freelancer and at the end, this is an agreement artist to artist and I never really have an institution in the meantime, like I never really got those struggles. It's just like the really bare minimum, like, you know, you're over 18 and you sign a contract and we know we go to the clauses, but because what I do, it's so completely outside an institution, like I cannot be a part of that, but I know how affected it is. And I, you know, imagine like for a country where it's not legal, you can say like, of course, how I'm going to have a bank account as a prostitute, but you know, it's such part of the economy of a country and, and it's also sold at something, you know, we are so open here and so nice. Yeah, there is rights that are not really being providing for these people. Yeah, and what you Logan, do you feel the same way? Um, for every, when you shoot movies, it's different because it, uh, they say it's modeling. So I have no, I'm not interacted with the laws about sex work because for me it's totally different, but I know because I live also in America, there it's, it's not legal. And for movies, it's even more difficult. And even they were like, uh, like two months ago, they were voting for forbidding sex work at all. And luckily, everybody was really, they don't want to stop sex work. So people were voting like, no, we need sex work. We need to hire hookers and all that stuff. So luckily they voted the right way, but it could go really wrong for a country like America. 
well, there's something that we're definitely going to go into in the future because uh, I'm also an American, so it's nice to know these things. But now I think it's time to go to a song. Um, so we're going to listen to La Belle sing the classic Lady Marmalade. You just listened to La Belle sing Lady Marmalade. This is Zaki, and we are talking about sex work. 
Um, and we have our two special guests, Diana and Logan. And for this segment, I want to really talk about sex work as another branch of work. Um, a lot of people think of sex work as being inherently exploitive. Exploitative. Do you think that that is the case? The thing is that that is a really tricky question, Saki. I mean, I think we personally had some conversation about it at some point. And I always always use the the analogy of a coal mine. You know, when we are speaking about capitalism, when we are speaking about labor and about using bodies, everyone thinks about sexual work and thinks about, you know, you're being used. Do you think the coal miner is not being used? In that sense, of course, I would say that sex work is not inherently bad, but what happens? Right now, it's not like you are going to go to, you know, an interview to be a waitress, and then they're going to tell you, oh, you know, actually this was for you to be a coal miner. So in the sense that we have a structural lack of sexual education, that is the moment what is really vulnerable. It's not that the sex work is bad by itself, but yeah, we don't really are in that level to give the proper information to people to make these choices, like consciously. Interesting. Well, you, Logan, do you think so as well? Uh, I don't think I have anything to add. She's really yeah. said it really well. So, yeah. Nice. There you, thank you for saying that. Um, have you any, have you had any kind of experiences that like really make you think of that that make you think of this kind of work differently? Because for me, like as an American, I think I, I hear a lot of times people think of sex work as people selling their bodies. Is that that's something that you necessarily agree with? Do you think that's something that is that there's a gray area there, or I'm not saying like. The selling thing is that it, exists. renting it out, you do basically. The thing is it exists, but it's in an other level. Is this, at the end, you're in a system and you're getting money. It doesn't matter, you're a waitress, you're whatever, you're putting that service and you're putting your body, your physical body, because you're doing that. For example, with me, I work a lot with shibari that is like the Japanese erotic way of ropes. That means that you really need to have a professional and a rope artist because it's articulations, it's muscles, and it's to be someone prepared to don't hurt you. These kind of works mean that, you know, every 10, five minutes, they are going to ask you like, hey, are you okay? It's everything good. It's everything here happening. And we know when I listen how people are so shocked and so scared about the violence behind sex work. I have worked like years and years in restaurants, like never, no one ever asked me how I was. Like no one ever cared if I was tired. No one ever cared if I was fucking my back. Like, you know, people really think it's this aggressive thing because they see the ropes and they see the image and it can be a little bit shocking. But you know, there is so many steps behind and so many things you need to be careful around. And it's not an environment you are never in a disadvantage. It's, it's an agreement you do knowing what it is and between two adults. Yeah, I think the difference is, especially that we are doing the art side of sex work so yes. the violence is not there exactly because there's always a camera there's a lot of people around it but i think when you do escorting or you work as a hooker somewhere i think their violence is a possibility yeah we cannot forget that we are in the tip of the privilege of sex work that is the one you are not even touched at least you decided and at yeah, least you exactly. packed it in a really a specific way and you know you have an artist that is your partnering work it's not that you are providing this to a stranger you are never going to interact and in that sense that is really a tip of a privilege like sex work is not really speaking about that that's very time. true but i think also i think that's also the same case because you, you mentioned about how people worry about the about the bodies of sex workers and all these things and so for me i always think of the comparison of sports people who play sports in the United States. For example, football, American football, is a very, it's honestly a very dangerous sport that puts you at very high risk of getting traumatic brain injury, which can seriously damage your life. There's been cases where people who played football in college after having traumatic brain injury have committed suicide. It's a, it's a really shameful thing. 
but people do not think of sports in the same way of destroying bodies as they do sex workers. And why do you think that is? That go back to that we don't have emotional and sexual education. How are you going to understand something you have never even put in the table and dissected? Because that is the difference between a sports, that is the difference with another profession. You have it in the table and you know what it is, and you have been teach, and you play football when you were a kid, and you know you were realizing all those spots, but never, no one takes that responsibility of bringing us that knowledge and like, yeah, teaches that what is that part of your body, what is happening, what is normal, what is not. And yeah, I think that is the lag that is really making the judgment. Very well said. Um, I also want to touch on, because we mentioned during the break, we mentioned a lot about OnlyFans. I think OnlyFans is a really good way for, on the worker side, sex workers to really reclaim control of their work. Um, how was that? How have you have you seen a change in the industry afterwards? After that, um, Logan? After um, that? Yeah, when OnlyFans started, I first. I don't want to offend people, but I thought like, oh, all the bitches are on it, so I'm not going to go on it because I'm a professional, and I thought it's going to infect my work as well. Then I saw that even the professionals and the big names were joining OnlyFans, so I thought like, hmm, maybe I should join. But the difference is, for me, example is when I do studio porn, like we get tested like every two weeks. Like the sex clinic here knows me better than my mom because <laughs> I'm so often over there. Um, but with OnlyFans, nobody does the they do testing they shoot every day because the demand is high and that for me that's why I don't shoot that much because I find it then the dangerous part of sex works comes along the STDs and that I'm trying to avoid does it change yeah people are spending money again because with porn studios they have issues that not everybody is paying anymore and with OnlyFans people are paying so it's a possibility to see there is money people want to spend money to jerk off so that's a change I'm I'm seeing cool and but with on, bringing back to OnlyFans, I also noticed that there's been a growth of like celebrities using OnlyFans and bringing the popularity. Do you think that that is a potential issue for other sex workers who only do sex work? Mm, the thing is that I wouldn't say it in this sense. Like, of course, sex work is not by by itself, and we should search an environment that itself for us and for the people we are like giving this service. In that sense, we need to be really conscious of our platforms. And I think in that sense, that freedom that OnlyFans is giving you, that it's no one behind you, really make it so much easy and so much clean that these really big monsters that are behind, uh, speaking again, we are this minority, this peak, the big thing of it is not legal. And you know how much pornography, how you filter a side of pornography, all the drama that right now Pornhub is having of all the cases of real rapes that were there. And it's impossible to regulate it because it's just videos and they are profiting for that. So in that sense, I think we really have this responsibility to like, okay, which platform is ethical for me to be in there? Which platform is not forcing someone? Which platform we should actually eliminate because it's, it's yeah, it's dragging something with it. But wow. back on the question you ask, I always say it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. If you want to earn money that way, go ahead. If you're a celebrity or not, if that's your way of earning money, just do it. It's your body. But don't scam people because that's what happened now in America. Yes. And OnlyFans has big lawsuits coming up and that affects all our, the little people who, who are earning money on it. So, yeah, don't scam. Be honest what you show on there and don't charge three dollars to join and then ask fifty dollars for every clip yeah and, and then it is again it's yeah. not that different to normal work no don't scam people it's a pretty regular <laughs> rule we should have for everything yes for context for the listeners uh there was an actress bella thorne who started an OnlyFans page um and 
immediately got a bunch of subscribers and um, she had advertised that she was going to have a nude pic available for $200 for it was a pay-per-view picture uh-huh. um, but and then all these and then all these people paid for the photo and then it wasn't a nude it was less like in lingerie and so all these people <laughs> asked for refunds now and OnlyFans they, di- they, they didn't ha- they didn't they didn't have the ability to cover all of those refunds all at once and so they had to lose a lot of money and as a result of that they changed their rules so that now the highest you can charge for a pay-per-view photo or a post on the site is is fifty dollars mm-hmm. the highest you can charge for like a um for like a a, 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 a photo that you use for like the um, the highest you can get in tips is now a hundred dollars and now it takes longer to receive your money from the site because of processing and all of these things so now there's some so there are a lot of sex workers who at the end of august found out that they were not going to get their next paycheck paycheck until about october which you know we're in a pandemic a lot of yeah. people are not working it made a really good effect yeah exactly um but on that note let's go to another song uh we are now listening to roxanne by the police What's the matter with your life? Why you gotta mess with mine? Don't keep sweating what I do Cause I'm gonna be just fine Check it out If I wanna take a guy Home with me tonight It's none of your business And if she wanna be a freak And sell it on a weekend It's none of your business Now you shouldn't even get into Who I'm giving skins to It's none of your business So don't try to change my mind i tell you one more time It's none of your business Now who do you think you are? Cheat two cents in Don't you got nothing to do Then worry about my friends Check it I can't do nothing Girl without somebody dogging I used to think that it was me But now I see it wasn't They told me to change it Call me names and so I popped one Opinions are like assholes And everybody's got one I never put my nose where I'm not supposed to Believe me if be something that I want I'm stepping closer I'm not one for playing high pole Like the hosta did in 90210 Type of hoe I treat a man like he treats me The difference between a hooker and a hoe so hold your tongue tightly, wish you could be like me You're popping all that mess only to stress and to spite me Now you could get with that or you could get with this But I don't give a shit cause really it's none of your business 1993, S&P, packing and macking, bamboozling and smacking Suckers with this tracking, throw the beat back in If I wanna take a guy To break before you understand that your double standards don't mean shit to me. I know exactly what you say when I turn and walk away, but that's okay, cause I don't let it get to me. Now every move I make, somebody's clocking. So ask me nothing, will you just leave me alone? Never mind who's the guy that I took home to bone. Okay, Miss Thing, never giving up skins. If you don't like him or his friends, what about that band? Your pet pet's got a ill rep with all that macaroni trap for rap, you better step. Or better yet, get your business. business. If I want to take a guy home with me tonight, 
is who are you to judge there's only one true judge and that's god so chill and let my father do his job the soul and peppers got it swinging Small correction, uh, that was not Roxanne by the police. That was actually None of Your Business by Salt and Peppa, the amazing hip-hop duo. Um, yeah, but anyways, uh, we are back talking about sex work, and right now we're going to talk about stigma, because, I mean, I think this is this is one of the largest, one of the most stigmatized uh, groups of uh, occupations that people have, you know? Um, so have you faced any particular difficulties after doing sex work, like from interpersonal interpersonal relations and things like that yeah what i've noticed is uh especially because i'm working more in the gay scene of it and um, before i did porn i never had one n- naked nude selfie of myself uh but then i saw a change in the gay scene was that everybody on the gay apps like sending dick pics and ass pics and i was like oh so everybody's doing this for free <laughs> why cannot earn money with it and then i was surprised that like 99 percent doesn't want to date somebody who, d- who works in the sex industry and i was still shocked because you know why they all do it for free so what's the difference between earning money with it or sending it for free like so yeah that's what i noticed in it yeah Yeah. i mean for me the fact is that from when i start i was like i'm not going to ever hide this because i think that is a really bad mistake that a lot of people enter the industry with like you know it's something i'm going to do a few times or it's something that i'm not really in favor of i'm not really consciously taking this so for me the first time i put it in my instagram and you know it's like this is the thing that is going to happen but i was already in europe and i come from a really catholic third world country where things are a little bit different so in that sense, like, of course, it never crossed any line because I was already here. And like from the beginning, for me, that would be a red flag. Like if someone is going to make a judgment because of that, you are making me a favor and I don't want anything. But from that side and like my circles, uh, friends over there, the shock was a lot bigger because it was from zero to 100. And what is happening here? But yeah, it was just maybe I don't care enough. Who knows? I don't think there's. I don't think I, I'm. I'm the kind of person that just doesn't care in general. I, that's just my way of life. But you said something really good about how it's a transaction that people judge. Because I always think of this one particular tweet where it's like, "Ew, you're ew, you're ew, you're fucking the weed, the weed man for weed." Says so the person who's fucking the text man for texts. You're not getting anything in response. So like in, in return. So like why if I can get something out of it, why not? Why why do you think that is that? as soon as it becomes a transaction that people become so judgmental about it. I think the part is this, and that's what they're not gonna um, say themselves, it's jealousy. Like you do something they don't dare, they dream about, but they don't dare to do it. And that's why I think they judge so hard. That's what I think. I mean, also uh, speaking about me being a woman, I mean, it's just this historically chain of people taking control of your bodies and you know as a woman you have never been able to take these choices without having an opinion of anyone and like that is the thing and that is also one of the reasons I think it's political to do these things to take control of your your body and your sexuality because at the end these conversations we are having like yeah this is where we are lacking to actually get understanding of these topics and yeah I think it's really fucking important yeah I mean that's something that I've seen in my research is that a lot of the a lot of the the criticism for sex work that comes from feminists in particular is criticism on the idea that it they see that it that if a woman is doing sex work it and then it reinforces the idea of a woman of a sexual object and what you're saying is that it's kind of counter to that. You're saying that you're using the sex sex as an, an empowering thing. Um, what, did, what do you think? What, do you, what would you say to those kind of feminists who really think of 
sex work as just automatically being degrading for women. I completely understand the position where it comes. I mean, I, I don't have a complete perfect knowledge about radical feminist, feminism, but I understand the abolition of uh, prostitution, for example. I work in this, and if I would have a button, I would be like, you know, like this button is going to stop prostitution. Of course I would do it. Why? Because what are we? At 2%, at 3%. How many women are there not taking these choices because they want? And that is the thing. What is going to be the mass percentage in the media? What is going to be the most things in the internet? Not consensual things. And of course, in that case, it's something so worrying and so preoccupating that I, I get that line, but that is the thing. We need to take this responsibility because no one is black or white. And you would have to really make that job of education, but I completely understand where it's coming from. And like, it's a completely honest and real concern. I would say. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, but that's also the thing is that uh, is that a lot of the there's a lot of laws that have been passed, and we're gonna talk about this in the next segment where we really focus more on the legality of sex work. But again, as I mentioned before, is that a lot of these laws have been passed to stop trafficking have indirectly been hurting sex workers. And do you think is that, that do you think that's like a a, a a point of like myopicness or short sightedness on the side of people who try to who are passing these laws or the thing is that it's really complex. Yeah. I mean, it's really complex because for me, you know, I wouldn't ever be against of one of these laws that could take me in a wrong position because I'm already in the privileged side. So, you know, if this is going to help someone that it's in a danger position or that it's being kidnapped, you know, like yeah. I'm already privileged enough. Like I can really not put a word there because I wouldn't stop it. Like I, I think, I actually think we are not doing enough. Like, and for us to actually be able to do this work happy and like in good conditions, like first is the first. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, now. It's time to go to another song. Um, now we are going to listen to Roxanne by The Police. Cool. Rocks! 
Hello, this was the police. This was the police. I'm seeing Roxanne. And you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht. This is Aki. And we are here with our guests, Logan and Diana, talking about sex work. Um, in this segment, we're going to talk about the legality of sex work. And what I found, at least in my research, is that a lot of the legality really focuses primarily on full service sex work or prostitution. And so, so it's very interesting. Um, in the Netherlands, it's legal on a national level, but you still need a work permit, and there's all of, and you still have to like, you still have to, you might even have necessarily be part of a brothel. There's some hoops to jump through, and so I noticed that there's now this kind of this this discussion around decriminalization, around sex work. Um, what are your what do you what do you think about this? I mean, for me, I'm also in the side that is this line between art that it is completely impossible to regulate. The only thing they can regulate is your age. But beside that age is, yeah, it's in one way black money, let's say. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm worried if they make it, that it's gonna be a criminal work area. I'm mm -hmm. scared for all these women who work as a prostitute because as an art performer, we are safe. Yes, but for exactly. them, I'm really worried because then sex trafficking is gonna be huger again as well. So I think it's a bad thing if they would go that way. For decriminalization versus legalization. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I was because I know I noticed that I know that also in the Nordic model because they have the model where you where it's it's fine to sell sex work but it's illegal to buy it. So it so it focuses on the person who is you know the person who the, the John so to speak who is now who is now approaching the prostitute that is illegal but the prostitute selling it is now not illegal. What do you think of that as an alternative? Because that's something that a lot of Nordic countries are doing to reduce sex, sex work in general. Mm, I would think that there is like more important things to regulate within sex industry in the sense that, for example, what I know from the Netherlands and how it works here and you know, having such a background that it's so long, even if it's regulated and even if there is all these legal steps that you already told me that you have, like the thing they never reach is that they never make the woman a priority, you know, this person that is provided a service, their security, their safety is never in a priority. Like it's always about keeping the intimacy of the client that, you know, no one knows who they are. Like they could put cameras, but like, you know, it's it's better to put the safety of this guy that the safety of the people that is providing the service. Okay, I have to disagree. Mm -hmm. uh, last year I worked for the red light district mm -hmm. and I, I could, how I'm going to say this, I was one day I could be work behind glass. Mm -hmm. I was not there to have clients, but to show them how the safety works. Uh, they have a safety button that the police is there in, in like two minutes. So they have new rules and systems okay. that the woman is number one on safety. For example, here in Maastricht, like that I can tell you firsthand because I went there and I was like, okay, how it's going this? And I actually went to an interview. It's about dawn, you have no security, you is nothing secure for you, and they teach you how to stand in the shower so you are not raped because you don't have enough time to run if he wants to do something you don't want because the shower is a semicircle. And this is here in Maastricht. Okay. And it's a massage parlor. It's not even technically something extreme. It's just a massage with mm -hmm. happy ending. And these women are every day in the danger of rape in this most privileged spot I can think of Europe. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'm shocked to hear that. Well, that's really, well, it's really shocking. Um, and that's something that I've heard about, about the legalization versus decriminalization, because I noticed that in New Zealand, they have, in New Zealand, in New Zealand for example, they fully decriminalize prostitution. It's no longer a criminal act. Um, and what happened as a result is that 
a lot of so when they were passing the law, there was a lot of discussion that it would suddenly become less safe for sex workers and that there would be a rise in trafficking. But what they actually found was that sex work actually decreased. And the only thing that changed now was that they were now able to go and seek help because, you know, if it was a if it was something that is now criminalized mm-hmm. there, they cannot go to get help because now they're going to be arrested. But now that it's decriminalized, now they can actually get the help that they need. What do you think of this as an alternative percent potentially? I mean, yeah, the thing is that there's so many ways to go around it. And it's just not one thing that you need to do. It's like a procedure of so many things we need to implement to actually make the environment and everything that it's around it. It's speaking about clients. It's speaking about like everything that is in between and these institutions. Like it's really complex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then still like even like you talk now about New Zealand, we are in the Netherlands. We, we are lucky. There are many countries where it's like 100 years back in time how they work. So still that on that case, we are really lucky. Yeah, and like even if even here in the spot of the privilege, we cannot be secure that it's happening in a good manner. You know what are we going to think in Latin America? <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a that's a really 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 good point to make. Um, yeah, but that's also that's I mean that's also that's also the really discussion that's really been had around sex around around in these countries and the legality of it is versus whether it's better to legalize because a lot of a lot of sex workers I've been based on the research that I've seen at least is they're they're worried about legalization because they are worried about okay now they have to do all these other things to be able to do sex work safely whereas if it's decriminalized now they can actually potentially work together and you know they can they they could potentially have their own brothel that's run by their own by themselves in order to you know make sure that things are safe for them in the same way that the same way the things here in Maastricht are so unsafe if it's decriminalized and the power is back in the sex workers, potentially there is potential there that they can make it safer for themselves. They can have the things in place that they need to do because it's now based on the worker as opposed to someone else who is now controlling them. Do you think? I mean, at the end, the most autonomy that you have, the most uh, access to these choices is going to be more free for you and it's going to be more fruitful. So it's not just about making it legal, it's about all the regulation that it's behind. Making something legal is easy. Yes, you exactly. say like, okay, legal, illegal, but all the work that is behind it is not that, it shouldn't be legalized, it's like, okay, what is the step so we are actually benefiting these people? It's the conversation that we need to have with these people that are the ones that are going to be beneficial for this. Yeah, and if you choose to do this work, please look to yourself if you're really strong enough mentally and physically to do this job, because many people also don't think about that part of it. You make your choice yourself, so think about it twice. Yeah, exactly. It's it is something that, yeah, it's something I've seen also, also on the internet where there's a growth of younger people moving to OnlyFans and doing these things, and it's like, think about this because, for example, in the United States, there was a woman in Michigan who was fired from her job because they found out that they, that she had an OnlyFans, which whether that is legal or not, I think that's I think that's shame. That's, I think it's shameful. I think what someone does when they're not at this workplace has no bearing on what they're doing at this job and so they should not be fired but these are things that now people have to have to take into account when they're considering sex work yeah and exactly now again then we are lucky in this country because if you have a regular job they are not allowed to fire you for doing kind of sex work job next to it as long as you don't do it in a uniform from your job yeah if they don't have a picture of you with the uniform then you're you can do whatever you want but again like if that's why i say to young people like wait till you're 23 before you do anything of sex work because maybe in that time you want to change you want to be a teacher you want to go into politics and if you were 16 or 18 and you made 
a mistake by doing OnlyFans or a porn movie or anything nude, it can affect your future. So think about it. Or that you are really sh really sure, and if you want to do politics, then it's your standing point that you come from self-work. Like, you know, it's a still okay, but that is what I told you from the beginning. Never hide it. It's not something you are going to hide. No, Like, exactly. if you are comfortable with it being a part of your life, then go for it. But if not, and if something that you are going to do because you need it or because no one is going to find out or because then don't, like, just don't do it. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for speaking on this. Um, now we're going to move to another song. We are now going to listen to Call Me by Blondie.
Hello, this is Student Radio Maastricht. You just listened to Call Me by Blondie. And we are still talking about sex work. Um, we have our two guests, Logan and Diana. Um, so we're going to have to wrap everything up now. It's the end of the show, the end of the hour. If there is one takeaway that you would want people to have after listening to the show about sex work, what would that be? I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean... I would think to first, if you're a consumer, take care of your consume. Porn is not real life. Yeah. Porn can be really fun. Everything of erotic media can be really fun, but you need to learn what is fiction. And I think that is a really dangerous life because crossing that line is what make people, you know, actually being violent with actresses on the street or actually targeting these people in their regular lives. Like if you're a consumer, be an ethical consumer. Like. If you are going to be in a page, like be in a paid page, like, you know, pay the person, never consume pornography that you don't know where it's coming from because it cannot be consensual. And I think we should really all take that responsibility if we are going to be consumers of any erotic material. Yeah, and it's like what she said, we're selling a fantasy. It's not real. Keep that in mind. Even if you have sex in your personal life, we do stuff. We ask permission that you don't see that on camera. We always ask, am I allowed to do this? Are you enjoying this? They cut that out. So remember this in real life, ask your, your girl or the guy you're fucking with, ask permission, everything you do, and if they're enjoying it. Do you think that they shouldn't cut that out, all the question asking and all of those things? Do you think that would actually improve potentially the culture around sex? Um, no. Uh, look, it's still a fantasy we're selling. If you're jerking off, you don't want to hear the rules how you have sex. Look, that's, you have to, I think the school should do this. Your parents sh should learn you this. We are just selling a fantasy. If we would do all that... I don't think it's fun to jerk off at home. Who knows? Maybe when I write and direct my own script, you're going to find it. Hmm. <laughs> but oh. you have passionate porn, and there you see these questions. But like when you have a rape scene or a gangbang, we cannot ask all these questions one by one. Are you okay if I stick my... But uh, I cannot say the word. Maybe on the radio. Oh, we're on the radio. It's okay. <laughs> no, we actually asked the question when we first year. We can say anything. I mean, I, in the first segment, I said fuck like twice. Okay, so, okay like, yeah. So what, yeah, <laughs> th you. then you cannot have the permission. At, like when ten guys are standing next to that girl, like, is it okay if I go in? Is it okay if I go in? Yeah, of course. We like in the sense it's fiction. It's yeah. that it's fiction, and we shouldn't let you explain how fiction works because anything that happens in the level of fiction is that get that because you get it when you see a normal movie. So it should exactly, be different. Exactly, same thing. You get this girl is not in love with Brad Pitt, <laughs> no, but then no. you, you are, oh, and then you're really confused when you have sex with a girl and she's not finishing, <laughs> who watch way too much porn. Teach your tricks, like ask your partner what they like, like yeah. get to know each other, like have the full experience. If like, you wanna have on. good sex, communication is key. Yes. Nice. So, and one last thing, um, what do you think for the viewers who are anti-sex work? or who think these things what do you what would you say to them what do you think what do you, what do you anything that you could that we would say to them to potentially to, to yeah, appeal the, to their side or the, the thing like is that? if if you remove the whole sex scene like from movies till the prostitution then the danger is coming up like people need to have their fantasy on screen or go to a hooker to have fun because if you remove that part rape will come up so yeah, it sounds hard what I'm saying right now, but that's the reality of it. That's, well, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing for me, the reason why I'm always pro-sex work is because I'm always of the idea that 
as soon as something becomes illegal, it becomes criminalized, and that makes it so much less safe for those who are involved in it. Yeah, I'm not even what I said. Not talking about the people who are involved in it, but the reality is like what I said. Oh my god, I can't speak anymore. That it's going to be dangerous for women on the street already, but that level is going to be way much higher. People need to, I think people that's need to a little unload. bit more complex conversation that we don't have time, time for, for it right yeah. now. Because like, no, like we are human beings. We can behave ourselves. Oh, I don't know. But we shouldn't put our excuse in a production of something. At the end, we have been doing sex work the same time we have been existing in this planet. Yeah, that is how true. organic and how natural it come for us. Then let's take the responsibility on that. Let's every time go forward. Like, okay, if it's something we have been doing for so long and it's something we like, how we can do it ethically. And I think that would be the thing. So in other words, the, 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 the moral of the story is harm reduction. Make <laughs> it safe. Inform everyone, inform everyone how it works in actuality so that they can make the safe choices. Yeah, but themselves. it starts with the families. Make sex it's something you can talk about. Because when you, when you hide something, the mind goes crazy. Of course. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me on the show. You're welcome. Um, thank you so much for inviting us, Haki. Yeah, it's any anytime, honestly. Um, and so now, to go to our cultural agenda, uh, actually on Friday, we are having a climate march. Uh, it's a bike march, you know? It's all going to be completely vehicular. Um, and you can find information on this on Facebook. And in addition to this, uh, SRM is starting to host B-sides at uh, the B32. Um, and kind of like a bar night, but not really a bar night. The focus isn't really on drinking or anything. It's really more about building the community that we really want to create here in S at SRM. And thank you so much for this. Um, thank you so much to our supporters, RTV. Thank you, RTV, for hosting us. And that is the end of our show. Um, and to close us out, we are going to listen to Kings of Leon, Sex on Fire. <laughs> 